Are you saying that this episode is a bit of a turkey? Uh, gobble, 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 gobble. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. It is ABC featuring the VIPs of SBTV. Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phases to download a rarity that we had bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. Happy Thanksgiving from a very special episode podcast. <laughs> This is the podcast where we review Thanksgiving episodes that have characters that end up in jail. <laughs> I'm David Bittenhofer, and the person in Portland who would bring food to me if I was in prison is... Carolyn Maine. Oh, you're so nice, Carolyn. Here's some old pie. <laughs> and some brick biscuits, right? Yeah. Poison biscuits for cops. Hey, didn't I gift you that pie last year? <laughs> yeah. Aww. It's a fruit it's a fruitcake pie. Yeah. So it kept it's been getting better this whole time. Yeah. Mm. It, it's like a fine wine. <laughs> it's like a terrible <laughs> wine. <laughs> and the person will, willing to sign their morals away at the first sign of hardship is Brian Alexander Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been a holiday episode of a show where somebody doesn't end up in jail? <laughs> not that I not for or, Thanksgiving. Or is there a sitcom where nobody ever goes to jail ever? Yeah, so a sitcom where no one ends up in jail. That's a good question in any episode. And this isn't like the going to jail episode. Like, that's not, it's a special episode because it's a holiday. Like, it just yeah. so happens that they go, like, it's never <laughs> treated like a big deal when people go to jail. There's never, there's no special episode about that, like the hardships of going to jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the like criminal justice issues. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. It's always just like a thing that happens. What yeah. about every episode of Law and Order? I think it's about that. Yeah, oh. but that's not a sitcom. <laughs> that's true, and it's not really about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Night Court really uh, faces that, yeah. though. Oh, yeah, Night Court is about the hijinks of going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about people who put you in jail. Yeah, and how charming they are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, now I just realized as we watched it, I'm like, our last Thanksgiving episode, I... The characters ended up in jail, too. That, that was correct? the Fresh Prince one. That's right! <laughs> this also reminded me of the Roseanne episode when Dan went to jail for his morals and justice. Yeah. Well, that was an awesome one. Did we do that one? Yeah. Oh, I missed. I was not here for that one. He ate fried chicken in jail, and now they're yep. eating turkey. I'm really sad to have missed that one. That's like one of my ultimate episodes of a TV show. Aw. Mm. Uh, yeah, so, t- but today we'll be reviewing... Family Ties Season 1, Episode 8. It's Thanksgiving, but instead of cooking dinner, Stephen and Elise Keaton are cooking up some civil disobedience. This is Reagan's America, so the U.S. has an insatiable appetite for nuclear weapons. 
The Keaton parents want to take some time off from Thanksgiving to protest this, but end up in jail for their efforts. So, uh, I guess, Ryan, you and I have already talked about our relationship with Family Ties. I don't think it's changed in the last, like, six months or whatever, right? No, I mean, if someone hadn't watched that episode, I watched it a little bit as a kid. I didn't really get the premise until I was an adult, (laughs) um, which is really pretty heavy. This one's pretty premise-heavy in terms of the context of the show. Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, uh, liberal parents have conservative kids, and uh, it's very Reagan-era. But yeah, I haven't really watched it since I was a kid, and then this is the second time I've watched it in a long time. It's just been for this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I feel like I probably watched it a little more than Ryan, and but still, yeah, I was young and didn't really get the whole politics to behind it. You said so. last time that you were young and your heart was an open book, right? <laughs> well, you used to say, live and let live. <laughs> you know you did. Not... You know you did. <laughs> you know you did. <laughs> In this world, no. Um. I was trying to think of the next line. Okay. <laughs> I know the whole thing. Yeah, we could have. Okay. Is this the Wings podcast? Because we need to do an episode about wings. Get it? The Stephen Weber's wings. Uh, All right, but Carolyn, we have yeah. not talked to you about Family Ties. Uh, let's see. I'm similar. So yeah, I remember I watched this as a kid. You know, Michael. I want to say Michael Jackson, but <laughs> Jay Fox. <laughs> yeah. I don't, Michael I don't Jackson why. Fox. Does the Michael. J stand for Jackson? <laughs> yeah. I would explain why Michael. he just went by Michael J. If it was Michael Jackson Fox. <laughs> yeah, he had to change it because somebody else already had his name. Yeah. Uh, so well, he's saying, I heard yeah. his middle name starts with an A, and he didn't want Canadian jokes about, like, Michael A. Is that true? Or is that I, mean, I think we went over this joke. last time because we had Jess yeah. Thalmer on the last uh, Family Ties, and she's like a, a Michael J. Fox super fan. So oh, I, wow. I believe that she schooled us pretty heavily. Let's nice. just keep referring back to the other Family Ties podcast yeah. the whole time. I wasn't there for that one either. Yeah, so uh, Michael J. Fox is a megawatt star. I watched this as a kid, but then <laughs> yeah. I didn't like notice that he was such an asshole the character <laughs> oh yeah I and mean, now this time i hated him so that's changed how many gigawatts of a star is he <laughs> um over nine thousand. yeah marty yeah no and i do have an anecdote i read about the making of back to the future yeah where michael j fox was shooting family ties at the same time mm-hmm. so he was getting no sleep so one of the set guys his job was to carry him sleeping from car to car, and he would just sleep in transit, and that was his only respite. Well, he probably, it was probably pretty easy. Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson Fox weighs like, <laughs> he's got to weigh like 45 pounds. He yeah, put him in his pocket. He's small. It's like when you carry your toddler around, you know, like yeah. after they've napped. <laughs> Yeah, if you have to pick up that. an actor, you're like, please, Michael J. Fox, please not Brando. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or like Tom Cruise or something. Oh, yeah, he's a baby. Just put him right in the bajorn. Like Martin Short, please, please. <laughs> he lives up to his name. <laughs> uh, did you think Michael J. Fox was cute? Sure, yeah, but he also, I don't know, he kind of reminds me of my grandma, too. <laughs> please so tell us like, more about that. I don't know how or why, but it's just its just true. You know, he's small. She doesn't have the big of eyes, but peppy, you know. Doesn't he seem like, put him, okay, in your mind, put him in a wig and a dress, and couldn't you see him, like, being a functional little adult lady in 1940? I don't know. You could. You could. (laughs) I really don't know what to do with that information. 
Well, the only thing is that I don't like need to fuck Michael J. Fox. He, I think he's nice, though. I would. In contrast would to your grandmother. Yes. No, I don't need to fuck my. See, because he's like my grandmother, that's why I don't need to fuck him. Oh, okay. I guess it makes it make a little more sense now. <laughs> so that's my relationship with the show, basically. Well, who's on the need to fuck list, though? Now I'm curious. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> I'll send you the details. I'm not sure I should put it out on the podcast. Oh, wow. I bet you it's weird. That's yeah. what it is. Yes. We got enough letters. <laughs> We're going to start writing our own show letters. <laughs> About who we want to fuck. <laughs> homework, everybody. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> well, I guess we start with our... Uh, the opening theme, which is, of course, pretty iconic. We kind of talk about that. I bet we've been together for a million years. And I bet we'll be together for a million more. It's like I started breathing. On the night we kissed When I can't remember what I ever did before What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can't love each other Carolyn, anything to add? Do you like it? Oh, I like it a lot. Um, it's so soothing. It's hypnotic. Is that really Michael Gross and the ladies singing? I don't know who's singing. Oh, yeah. So that's one thing I remember about this show, too, is it having really different uh, opening credits over time. Yeah. Like, it's kind of consistently changing opening credits and uh so this is the first season which i didn't realize because you this is like the most non-bootleg version of us watching a show for this podcast ever <laughs> it's just like actually on the website of the station thank yeah. you cbs for being a legitimate corporation with your old moldy sitcoms available online yeah mm-hmm. but this was like uh it was like a photo montage of the parents when they were younger like clearly the age they are now but with wigs on yeah and, uh yeah, but I want you guys both to know that there ain't no nothing that we can't love each other through. Alright, so according to the Crack Research team, this was, in the during the first season, the song was originally performed by Dennis Tufano and Mindy Sterling. For the rest of the show's run, the song was performed by Denise Williams and Johnny Mathis. Oh, they changed it. Yeah, I guess. So it's not the actors, but it was really able to convince me that that was like the parents' spiritual voice of love coming together for the opening. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm always a little weirded out by, and I don't know if it, what season it changes when the dad gets the beard, but the beardless (laughs) dad always seems a little weird to me. I strongly agree. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't even, like, respect him or listen to him when he didn't yeah. have a beard. Yeah, you, you know, 
he 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 has no authority without the beard. No, and I remember that being a thing for me when I was a kid too. Just like yeah. oh, I can't even deal with this guy when he. It was very <laughs> confusing to me. Have you ever seen Austin without a beard, David? Uh, well, yeah, when I like in high school, when you were like, children together, yeah. <laughs> did he have the beard? I'm trying to think of when he started with the beard. I feel like college or something. I don't know. If he showed up without it, would you lose all respect for his authority? Well, I'd have to have respect for his authority. <laughs> Poor guy. Ryan, have you ever tried to grow a beard? Uh, well, David, if you want to have a very special episode, <laughs> I'm going to confide in you right now, confidentially, before all our listeners. I can't grow a beard. Yeah. Boo, boo him, boo. I have facial hair. I can grow facial hair. I have to shave, but if I wanted like a dad on family ties style beard, <laughs> nice it would beard. it would never happen. It's my I guess it's my uh, genetics because my dad can't grow a beard. I got two brothers. We all have the same thing. We have facial hair. We can't actually grow a beard. Wow. Well, I'm in the same boat as you. Although I feel like all my family members can do it. It's just me who. Oh, really? That's yeah. Uh-huh. I tried once and it just does not look good on me. It's. <laughs> So I guess it grows. It just grows poorly and splotchily and uh, <laughs> unimpressively. Yeah, exactly. It's like wispy. It looks. It makes me look like I'm a teenager. My brother and I one time made a bet of who could grow a better mustache, <laughs> oh, yeah. and we gave ourselves like two or three months or something that we were just gonna grow a mustache. And we we were like, because uh, I was gonna go back home to visit. He lives in Oakland still, and uh, I was coming down for the holidays. So I was like, when I come down for the holidays, we'll see who has a better mustache. And we like thought we would like annoy our mom by like both having these mustaches and like not, uh, just not even answering questions <laughs> if she brought it up. Just being like, but our mustaches were so bad that she didn't even mention it. Like it wasn't even noticeable that we were both trying to grow mustaches. And this was months into our mustache. Oh my god, that's tragic. Yeah. It was really a sorry ass experience. Yeah. I kind of have a different problem than Ryan because if I tried to grow a mustache, <laughs> you would not be able but to help but see it. And that's all you'd see is my terrible mustache. What happens? Is it like a Jean Shallot oh, mustache? Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't look good. I don't know. It's like there's like <laughs> holes in it. Yeah, just I want you guys have shitty mustaches right now. Damn. Yeah, it's like patchy. Yeah. And and I find them very uncomfortable. Like just be when I was growing it, it was just an uncomfortable experience. Like I don't like having it. You know, I don't like feeling it on me. For the record, I'm good at growing all my hair. I just, I nail it. <laughs> Even yeah. your mustache? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Do you got a little mustache on you? <laughs> As a lady person, there's, I think this is true for a lot of lady people. And like, you keep most of the hair on your face, just your eyebrows and the eyelashes, right? But like, mm-hmm. you always get like a weird stray eyebrow. That's what plucking your eyebrows is or the little like, 10 hairs that just totally go off book <laughs> and you can get that uh-huh. with your mustache and your chin just random hairs and then you just get them but yeah it's not like you can grow a full beard you just get one weird hair in the middle of your chin and then it's gone right yep i definitely dated a woman who had one like really coarse <laughs> pointy hair sticking out of her chin and it always would poke <laughs> me and it's a hard thing to know how to address yeah there's some people who keep all their hair as part of their religion, and that's cool, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's your body. You do what you want with it, right? Right, right. 
So that was an episode about beards. No, what were you saying, David? Yeah, the end. See you next. Tune in next week. We're going to talk about Herman's head. <laughs> oh, shit. When will we do that? <laughs> shit. Okay. You pick an episode. Okay. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get to the first scene. Yay. Let's get to the episode, I suppose. And, uh, <laughs> beard talk. More beard yeah. talk. We're in the kitchen, and Elise is uh, making some food, and then the kids come in, and we learn that uh, Jennifer is using Alex to find out what football team he thinks will win so she can bet against it. All right, what do you want to know? Who do you like in today's game, Notre Dame or USC? Well, I'd have to go with USC. I don't know. USC is favored by two and a half. I think I better go with Notre Dame. <laughs> Jennifer, you'd always ask me what team I'd pick, and then you go and bet the other side. No, works every time. <laughs> Does she have a bookie, or what's going on there? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> like, I, f- I feel like I had so little to say about any of this. Like, <laughs> I just was... This is like the most incidental thing we've ever watched. I feel like where I was watching, I was like, "Oh, I'll take notes," but I was like, "It's like, eh." It was all kind of innocuous yeah. and like, "Ah, oh, yeah, all right, yeah." Yeah, my notes a little brief. Yeah, I feel like Fresh Prince was like that too. I guess these Thanksgiving mm-hmm. episodes, there's not a whole lot to say. Although this was a better, just well, TV show and episode than the Fresh Prince of Bel Air one. Hey, fuck! <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I'll see you in hell. Uh. That's all I have to say. And then we learn that they're concerned about Elise making their food too exotic by putting things like bean sprouts in the uh, stuffing or something. Which I agree with that. (laughs) I mean, just like, well, I'm all about Thanksgiving. You do the staple things just real normal. Like, don't fuck with them. And then if you want to have, like, some more weird shit on the side is fine. Because I'll eat whatever. If you want to make bok choy, whatever, I'll eat it. But don't put it inside of the things that are staples of the holiday you think bean sprouts would ruin the stuffing i well they might get kind of like when i kind of like celery and stuff but when they put celery in stuffing it just gets all mushy so you don't even really notice it so yeah. it might be okay although i prefer no celery also wow. um <laughs> but i would eat bean sprouts if you serve them but i don't want them in the stuffing ryan you're racist <laughs> i am but that's not what we're talking about right now oh yeah i'm racist and i can't grow a beard <laughs> So when they, when I think it was Mallory who said, this is Thanksgiving, not Chinese New Year. Was that racist or not racist? I couldn't decide. It was only a little, it was racist, but it was so benignly racist that it's one of the best Asian races or Chinese racisms we've encountered so far. Yeah. Is it because the Chinese like bean sprouts? I think it's bean sprouts like native to China. Yeah. I don't know. Am I just wrong on all accounts? No, they definitely have them at the Asian food store that (laughs) I shop at. I hope I wasn't racist. (laughs) Yeah, then they get into a discussion about uh, Thanksgiving and basically how the, yeah, the Europeans just like created genocide of the Native Americans, but Alex was all for it, so that didn't go over well with me you have to understand that civilization marches forward and it marches better on paved roads the indians had the land first alex yeah but they weren't using it they were just roaming around cooking outdoors wearing beads living in tents just like mom and dad used to yeah i thought it was 
interesting how they sort of touched on, you know, uh, history in the U.S. and our relationship with the Native Americans mm-hmm. and how Thanksgiving's a big sham, but they didn't really, but they at least, it's one of those things where it's like, is it better to at least bring it up and make some effort, or is it just, like, yeah. not even worth it if we're trying, if it's not going anywhere? I felt like it was more of a device just to show the dynamic of the family, Mm-hmm. early on in the episode than any serious discussion of it Man. i can see that yeah like it didn't really want us to think about the genocide of the native americans yeah and that's where i but then i was just wondering is thanksgiving racist or not yeah inherently yeah i'm yeah. saying like obviously there's <laughs> there's the european genocide of native americans that occurred yes. which is not good I, I will put my stamp on unfavorable but i'm saying thanksgiving itself with like the pilgrims and then Native Americans was like that problematic in any way, or was that actually a genuine event and a moment? Well, oh, I don't even, I don't know, like what the first Thanksgiving was like, but I feel like um, holidays in the United States are so removed from the source material at this point. Yeah, like I like getting together on Christmas and exchanging gifts with my relatives, and you eat some food and you see a movie. Like I like that tradition, mm-hmm. and it's not because I'm so overjoyed about the birth of baby Jesus. Yeah. Um, and Thanksgiving, I feel the same way. Like historically, I feel like there's a lot of problematic elements, but I do understand that, like as it gets cold in the winter, especially, it's nice to have these family events where you gather and you eat food and you just try to like feel good about being together like that i think is really valuable so i almost feel like we should uh just flush out the histories of these things like you can just have them on a different day and call them something different if you want but having in the deep of winter having a few celebratory events to make you not feel like shit uh is i think a very good idea tradition yeah and otherwise yeah i think it's the the histories of course you know it's at least problematic and definitely racist also just the fucking pilgrims are still the reasons we can't show titties on tv to this day (laughs) is that correct fuck the puritanical parts of america i'm blaming it right on those buckled hats why i can't get titties so i mean but it sometimes it's, it's good to know the history but yeah i'm sure it's racist but it's nice that we can have a reason to hang out yeah we need a rebranding on pretty much all of the holidays involving colonialism. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like over time it can shift meaning, or do we have to, should we just, re, like, literally rebrand, like, call it a different thing? And uh, We could call it the same thing, but we just need to, like, come out as a country, you know, against racism yeah. to start healing these wounds, or, or not, or just fuck it. Yeah. I think there's, like, there's nothing inherently racist about just having an event where you get your family together and eat food, right? Like, that's something that can happen. In whoa, 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 David. <laughs> As a white man, that's very easy for you to say. But maybe you should think about it a little bit. You're right. Start spouting off. My, yeah. my, my privilege is showing again. Yeah. But I think, you know, we're, we're calling it Thanksgiving and we do have the Thanksgiving story. So I and So I'm not saying, like, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, you're racist, but I think also just knowing our history and recognizing it is an important thing to do as well. You don't, yeah. and you don't have to necessarily like do that on Thanksgiving and go over it. But I think just being aware of it and being, a, and so you can be like, I do this, like you do, right? And like I do this because it's what I like to do. But you don't try to wash away what actually happened or anything like that, you know? Right. 
Yeah, it's good to give a moment when you're trading disease blankets with each other (laughs) to remember the history. Well, the thing about disease blankets, did they know they were diseased? That's one part. I think so, yeah. Because I know Europeans just brought over diseases that were like... (laughs) just what they had you know <laughs> oh i didn't know i had all this sexual transmitted diseases sorry well, uh, yeah well Whatever. this is what yeah this is where maybe my ignorance i mean i just feel like i've also heard stories like the cold in europe is different than the kind of cold you get in the in like uh the americas and when you just bring a foreign you know virus in even if it was like relatively benign there it can just wreak havoc on people who've never experienced it before kind of like montezuma's revenge i suppose so right and that's what i mean by unintentional <laughs> like well all i know is those europeans are some dirty dogs yeah <laughs> all right this has been fascinating i'm sure for everyone <laughs> so now they're on minute one of this episode <laughs> uh so we learned that the parents are planning to go demonstrate against nuclear weapons yeah. No nukes is good nukes. And they have a bunch of failed Democrat posters, so that made me a little sad. Oh, Democrats never fail. <laughs> you know, because they grew up in the age of Nixon and now Reagan. That must have been a tough call. You only had like one, a one four-year Democrat and then you go from Nixon to Reagan. Yeah. I've been thinking about Reagan, like at least as a Republican showbiz shill he like had a lot of charm he did have charm it's almost like a shitty republican with no morals can just have this persona that's so uh persuasive to people that they don't even care that he's completely corrupt yeah well but ours doesn't even have the persona now he's just a huge asshole and it's still going that's what i don't get i mean reagan could sell me on doing it for the guyper this guy can't even not piss himself yeah but yeah he has some weird charisma with a lot of people though that oh my god i don't know i don't know what people see in him but there's i think i get it i think it's that he doesn't give a fuck like if we had a liberal who didn't give a fuck about um cutting carbon emissions and uh helping the poor and needy who just came and just didn't listen to anybody and just did whatever the fuck he wanted and like did things that we felt like were good for us and we would love it even if it didn't seem rational all the time you know so it's just the flip side of that it's just like i don't give a fuck uh fuck women and fuck gun rights and fuck uh uh every ethnicity besides white people you know it's just like uh that's going in the opening (laughs) (laughs) wait no i'm talking about what someone else would say uh yeah and so then they have a then alex is all like in favor of more nuclear weapons as a nuclear deterrence and they go on a little bit about that so are you actually in favor of nuclear weapons i'm in favor of us having them not using them why do we have them if we're not going to use them that's a dumb question jennifer it's called a deterrent force do both sides have a detergent force (laughs) deterrent force jennifer it means that the more weapons both sides have the less chance that either side will have to use them why can't both sides just have no bombs? It's too late. We already paid for them. This is when it's like they should abandon their own son. <laughs> they should push him out of the house. I mean, what do you do? I would I would go no contact with my Republican peppy son. I would kick his ass straight out. 
Would you though, if he was your son? I don't know if he would if he was your son. You know, I mean, that's the that's the rub. Well, when they're eighteen, for sure, and when they're fourteen, they can go live with their father. And if I'm still with the father, he can live in the basement. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like if I'm still with the father, right? <laughs> you always it's good that you cover your bases now. Yeah, you know? got gotta think ahead. No, it's tough. I'm lucky that I don't really have any close friends or family members that are like trump supporters because i just don't even know how i could handle that Mm -hmm. no but but like i have you know i got like a gay mom who's super liberal Mm -hmm. and my brother is not progressive at all and he's got some racism and a lot of homophobia and stuff you know and it's like he's still invited to family events i feel like this is the nature of family (laughs) i know a person you would hate if you met them cold, <laughs> but you're bound to them forever. That's what family is. Yeah, the parent. So the parents want to go out and uh, something. I don't know where they're going specifically, but uh, so they're going to leave the cooking to like grandma and grandpa. But none of the kids want that because the grandmother can't cook apparently. Yeah, like really can't. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so is this the first appearance of the grandparents? I don't know. I can see what the orphans say about that. Uh oh, I'm. I know. I'm really feeling Austin's absence this time. Yeah, exactly. Um, he he really knows how to get that crack research team going. David speaks orphan too, but not as good as Austin does. <laughs> I have a sitcom question. Has there ever been a grandparent on a sitcom? That people really liked. Mm, I feel like maybe like on Margaret Cho's show. I feel like oh that yeah, she did. Successful. She 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 made it to wait, the wait, end wait, of the wait. series. What about your favorite sitcom? Which one? Family Matters. Well, that grandmother wasn't like a fan favorite. Like she worked. <laughs> oh, you're saying that she... was a fan favorite? I thought you meant like the people on the show, like. No, I mean that like uh, really were like really hit with audiences. Like, didn't you see I mean, all that Grandma Harriet merchandise where it was like dolls of her? And, um, Harriet's the mom. Carol. I know, whatever. I'm not gonna get anybody's names right this week. There's like a grandma on dinosaurs. Yeah. There's a grandma. There's like four grandmas on Full House. The Cosbys are always having different grandparents all the time. It's like. And I mean, granted, we should like acknowledge that uh, older people exist, you know, they should be present in programming, but I don't feel like there's ever been a good grandparent character on a sitcom. I I challenge our listener to provide examples otherwise. Good grandma character. Take that, listeners. So I think if I'm looking at this right, uh, the grandmother shows up. Once more after this episode, but the grandfather is only on one episode. Oh, wow. Did they die? I don't know. You wonder if, like, maybe off screen the granddad dies and then, like, the grandmother's there or something? I don't know. So, when the granddad stepped in, I thought for sure that he was Fred Willard, except he looks like Fred Willard now, so it couldn't be. He'd have been younger. (laughs) It's always disappointing when you think someone's Fred Willard and it's not. You're like, oh. <laughs> like the guy jacking off next to you in the theater, and then yeah. it's yeah, Paul Rubens. Not Fred Willard. It's yeah, Paul like, Rubens. Oh. Pee wee. Dude, if it was Paul Rubens, I'd be like, ah, oh! I'd be even more excited than if it was Fred Willard. <laughs> That's the perfect face for when he blows right next to you at the theater. Oh. Uh, also, the guy who played the grandpa in this, I checked with an orphan before it bit me, 
And he was on I Dream of Genie. Or was it? No, it's Bewitched. He's one of the Bewitched dudes. One of the Darrens? Yeah. He's one of the Darrens? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Yeah. One His of name the Dicks? is Dick on, Sargent. That's, oh, it's Dick Sargent. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, that's good to know. So now, yeah, we have even more sitcoms we're touching. Every day, be touching yes, another. And the grandmother is Priscilla Morell. Oh. So that, what does that mean? I got you, got me. <laughs> what, else, was, what else has she been in? She was in The Baghdad Cafe. Oh, shit, that sounds good, based on the name. <laughs> She is apparently in a few episodes of Coach, uh, in New Heart, Santa Barbara, St. Elsewhere. It seems like she was a character actor that just showed up and stuff. She was in Mork and Mindy. Mm. Oh, shit. All right. She was in Maud, I guess. Mm. All sorts of So she's a two for a three for on material we've covered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing that sticks out to me. All right, so the grandparents come in, and then I was a little confused because then they learned, like, that the parents, it seemed like they knew that the parents were leaving, but they didn't know why they were leaving, which on Thanksgiving seems like something that'd come up earlier, you know? Ha, yeah. (laughs) Like, when you're like, can you come over and cook for us because we won't be here? And you're like, okay, and you never ask, like, why aren't you going to be around? The old sitcom device of uh, never letting anyone know anything ahead of time. Yeah, so you can explain it on the camera, explain on camera what's happening. And th- this all leads to a big political debate on Thanksgiving in f- between family. Shocking, I know. And Which is, yeah, standard. Yep. <laughs> and it's pretty much the grandfather who's like with Alex against all this protesting nonsense, right? Yeah, why is Alex as old as his grandfather politically? Mm-hmm. Well, because he's, the re- he's rebelling against his parents. The only way possible that he can. By becoming an incel on Reddit. Yeah. By being like his grandparents. I remember when I was a teenager, I started telling long stories that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and eating ribbon candy. <laughs> playing racist. shuffleboard with my friends. It drove my mom crazy. Having I died of colon cancer like my grandfather. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know mind. my grandfather, so I can't even speak to that. Yeah, me neither. He died of colon cancer when I was a baby. And it drove my mom nuts. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, that, that's heavy stuff. So we're on minute three of this episode <laughs> now. <laughs> this episode's going spectacularly. I can <laughs> uh, Happy Thanksgiving! Yep. Gobble, gobble, gobble! So as the parents leave, like right in front of the grandmother, Jennifer asks if they want one of the biscuits to play Frisbee with. Dad, do you want to take any of Grandma's biscuits with you? No, thank you. We've already got some sandwiches. Not to eat, to play frisbee with. (laughs) That's just a stone cold diss right there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. These kids spend the whole show, like, insulting their parents and their grandmother. And it's like, you get to live in a beautiful house and you don't even know about global warming. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I know. What do the parents do on this show? Like, uh, what's their job? The dad, like, works at, like, public television, I think. The mom yeah. Did you just make that up out of nowhere? No. I feel like that... <laughs> I feel like you pulled that out of your ass. Well, you can have your feelings and all of my facts. Okay, I'm gonna look it up right now. I know what his job is in the future. 
What is it? He moves to a small town and he marries Reba and his job <laughs> is to fight tremors. And collects guns. Yeah, he fights ass blasters and trem dogs every day. Oh yeah, he did fight tremors. Yeah, the latest tremors with Jamie Kennedy and Michael Gross is actually really good. I think that the dad on Family Ties, they never said what his job was. I think the mom was like a school teacher. I still stand by he works in public television. Like I know that, but you just made that up. No, I heard it from my friend I watched it with. Oh, is that true? Okay, I apologize. It's cool, but yeah, I don't have the papers. You can find the receipts on your own time. Or here on the episode. It's fine. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm not finding anything right then now. Then I guess I run. win. Their job is professional pro. They get paid by Soros to protest. <laughs> professional protesters, yeah. yeah. The jobs now are just whatever Carol said they were. <laughs> yep. Goat inspector and pube doctor. Canon written. So they, the, so the parents go to their job on Thanksgiving and... We get cut to the next scene in the living room, and everyone's fallen asleep, so Mallory gets to watch soaps instead of uh, football, but then Alex comes in and gets sucked into it, and then, like, it, the whole running gag is that they're all getting sucked into the soap opera, and, uh, I don't know. I guess my one note is that Alex wishes his mom wouldn't be in women groups. You know, sometimes I wonder what it'd be like to have parents like them instead of mom and dad, you know? You can bet they wouldn't be out at that demonstration today. Yeah, they wouldn't kiss in front of us all the time like a couple of adolescents. Yeah, and mom would give up her career and all those silly women's groups. No comment? Sure, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, he's a little shit, and they, they're they sweet liberals, and where did they go wrong, right? Was it mm. potty training? Did they, like, mess him up like baby Hitler? <laughs> Maybe. Probably. Yeah, so the whole thing is they're, they just wish their parents were normal when we're there and they don't like do them doing all this hippie stuff. And then the grandma comes in with sandwiches, but nobody wants to eat it. And I'm confused at how you screw up a sandwich. I mean, there's ways to do it. I know. The, and does the grandmother know that she's bad at cooking? <laughs> no. Well, they seem to talk about it all the time and she doesn't react. Yeah. I just can't get over that we don't know what the jobs are <laughs> it does seem strange that these liberal people can afford a sweet ass house because as a liberal person it would be nice to own a sweet ass house i just can't concentrate until we settle that <laughs> do you want me to pause the podcast some more to see if i can research it no i'm working on it all right <laughs> so yeah so nobody including the grandfather wants to eat the sandwich I, we don't know what kind of sandwich it is or what she did to screw it up but nobody likes that and then the tv cuts away to a special news report about arrests happening to protesters and who should we see getting arrested oh no it's a good thing this uh, tv cut away at just the right time to show just the right thing to these kids right <laughs> i know i like that we see them get arrested though yeah. like that was a nice bit and we're never quite sure what they got arrested for for protesting, for for having rights, yeah, <laughs> for lawful right to assemble, uh, and, and it also just felt like a weird thing to break away for, like like I don't know if any TV show gets interrupted just because some people get arrested, you know? Yeah, do you know that this was Ronald Reagan's favorite show? Was it? Yeah, much what he said. He just liked that Michael Keaton or Michael Keaton, 
<laughs> See? <laughs> it's hard to get Michael J. Fox's name right. I know. For everybody. Are you still looking it up? I'm working on it. I don't think that he has a stated job. It's like Tommy on um, Martin, you know? Yeah. You know, maybe. That's, that's all I can tell you. I heard a rumor. Wait, wait, wait. I got. I might, I might have something. We made Elise Keaton, the mom of three in 1980s sitcoms Family Ties, made blending her work as a self-employed architect and a oh. mom seem easy. <laughs> the mom is an architect. That's interesting. So, according to www.mommytracked.com. <laughs> but it doesn't say anything about the father still. Does it? No. Oh, the show is set in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, this is really the worst podcast we've ever done. Uh, can we move it along? Then what happens? They get arrested? Then what? I don't know. I'm trying to jazz it up somehow. I don't know. Should I get naked? Maybe? maybe. Yeah, take it off. Do it. Do it. So they get arrested and they end up in the clink. And uh, this is like the standard like sitcom jail, which is just a big, large room with bars that like everyone ends up in. And I guess maybe I haven't been arrested enough to know if this is a real thing or if it's just something like sitcoms like to do. I don't know. I had to go visit my brother in jail, but you definitely don't see the cell. Like yeah. you have to go during visiting time and they put you through all this shit to even get in there. Did you bring him any chicken or a turkey, Ryan? Well, he's vegan. Which oh. is very annoying. So, yeah. also though, you can't like you don't have an opportunity. You don't get to hand them anything. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to think like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. They're all in that giant one cell with like everybody else, and uh... I think each TV studio just has a jail cell set. Yeah, that's just sitting there, and that's probably a lot of why. It's on so many shows, because it's just on the lot. There's mm-hmm. just, like, a jail cell you can use, so... It feels that way. Do it. Uh, and there's, uh, that one... And then there's that actor who looks super familiar. Do you guys know him? Huh? Yeah! Yes! He was on... I don't know his name, but he was when on Seinfeld. Remember when they made the show about nothing? Oh, yeah, he was on the Kramer. Series? He was Kramer. Yeah. He's also in Billy Madison. He plays Carl. He's <laughs> Larry Hankin, would be the actor's yeah. name. He's, and he's just in everything. Yes, he was in Breaking Bad. He's in Rat Boy. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's one of the rat face actors in Rat Boy. Oh, oh yeah, and he has the yard in Breaking Bad, right? The, the, where they break up the van? Yeah, the junkyard, yeah. Mm. Yep. And he's in Friends, too, I think, yeah. And he was, he was arrested for pickpocketing. That's why he's in jail here. Everyone in there was arrested for protesting, except for him. Who was still at the protest? He was just pickpocketing people. Did you meet in jail? No, no, no. We we were arrested in Washington D.C. at the big peace rally. I was arrested in Washington too. Uh, for protesting the war? Uh, no, for armed robbery. <laughs> hey, come on now, give me a break. I did my time. I'm over with that now. Uh, sort of. What do you mean, sort of? Well, I got arrested at the demonstration today. Well, right. we all did. I got arrested for pickpocketing. <laughs> and, uh... Cool guy. And then everyone else seems like older people, so there's this was like definitely like a, almost like a hippie reunion protest kind of thing going on, right? Yeah. Where they all just wanted to relive their youth for a little bit. Lol. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then Alex and I think the grandfather's there uh, show up and mm-hmm. and talks to the family and talks to the parents and apparently somebody the judge said he'd let everybody out as long as they signed a statement stating they'd never protest again and that doesn't seem quite legal to me that's so illegal (laughs) that's why the parents stick up for their principles and refuse to sign it i don't even know if that would be legally binding anyway so i don't know how probably not so like if you sign something that you know is bullshit, but it says bullshit on it, would you sign it just to get out of jail, Ryan? I mean, I don't really have principles, <laughs> so I'm not the best person to ask. It's interesting, though, things like this, you know, where mm-hmm. you get upheld for, I don't know, That's a it's a big question. I mean, I admire people who go through shit to uphold their principles, but at times like this where it does seem kind of arbitrary, I don't know, you gotta ask the question, you know? It's complicated. I don't think it's simple. I I respect them for their decision they make, though. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think they make probably the correct decision, the ethical one. But and I guess I just, but they I will say this episode is a little vague as is exactly what they were signing because they never actually go over it or anything. They just make a few references to like apologies and never protesting again. And I don't know what that means necessarily. I mean, that's it. They're basically just like. Um giving in to authority you know like yeah. in a documented it makes sense to me they're being like dominated by the man mm-hmm. but like what would happen if they protest signed it and protested again i guess you know? uh maybe they'd be put in a jail cell yeah mm-hmm. i mean potentially it could be i guess you can't really sign a thing that says i won't protest and then there's further repercussions if you protest again mm-hmm. i don't know like i don't know how binding that is i think it's just sort of the humiliation and degradation of being forced to do it and to, like, in a documented format, uh, make this declaration yeah. that goes against your principles. And maybe there's more to it. Like, I, it doesn't feel legal, but at the same time, I know there's, like, weird-ass judges out there in the world. So I don't know if it'd be the most implausible thing. Yeah, it's really dangerous. Like, yeah. I would I would go, like, a whole weekend or some time in jail before I, like, gave them that precedent. Because I just don't want that sort of thing hanging over me. What if you say anything to a cop ever and they call that a protest? You'd be fucked. Mm-hmm. If you were fucked. So dangerous. How dare they do this to the Keatons? Right. So we really don't know what the dad's job is? <laughs> uh, can you quick contact oh. Jess Thalmer? Wait, hold on. Oh, shit. Ha. Uh, never mind. It doesn't matter. Ha. <laughs> What's his job? All right, I just got a note from the crack research team. This just didn't. They do said do he's. Do. He said he's the manager of a of a public TV station. <laughs> Carol, to be fair, this is very boy who cried wolf. Uh, <laughs> you said it. No, led me to believe that you just pulled that out of your ass. That's on you. The whole thing's on you. No, you're right. You know, Carol, I admit, I admit that you're right. I am just here telling the truth. Bit by bit, with very little documentation, and yet, (laughs) when you spend the half an hour during the podcast, you'll find the documentation there. All right. You win this round. I apologize. I'm humbled. I'll never doubt you again. (laughs) Always truth. Carol speaks nothing but truth. (laughs) Don't you forget it. (laughs) 
Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of the moral quandary the parents are, and so they pretty much just say they won't sign it, although all the other adults are like, fuck yeah, we're signing that, we're out of here. Merry Thanksgiving. Yeah, I said Merry. Deal with it. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That, that was the dialogue in there, I don't know. Uh, yeah, they swore a lot right there. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, except the, uh, that one guy who was pickpocketing, he wasn't allowed out, because... I know, he tried, Yeah, but it didn't work. He, was, he liked to smoke, too. He was a heavy smoker in jail, so... Yeah. Uh, so Alex is kind of pissed off that they won't sign it. He's like, let's just be done with it, but they won't do it. So then they go back home, and uh, that's where, like, the rest of the family, minus the parents, are having a discussion back at home, because the grandpa and Alex, and even, like, Mallory, I think, are just mad that the parents aren't coming home. Did the little blonde girl stay in this series? Because she looks like she leaves, or I'm not, I don't remember. Oh, it's Kitty Others, man. Oh, that's, that's Becky from Jungle, uh, no, the Baloo's, Baloo's TV show, not Jungle Book, but. Oh, Tailspin. Tailspin, yes. Was she Becky on Tailspin? Yeah. No way. She was the Save the Children lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was Becky on Tailspin? Yeah. Fuck, All right. No way. Well, yeah. You have to believe, Carolyn, because she speaks I know, I have you. to believe you. <laughs> I know that you're right, because I... I can't doubt you ever again. It would suck if I was wrong this time. <laughs> that would have been a really nice golden period. Sally Struthers. Oh, Sally Struthers is That's... different than Tina Yothers. Wait, but I think it is Sally Struthers. Oh, no, Sally Struthers is from All in the Family. Oh, okay, close. Yeah. Close. And it is Tina Yothers on, uh, on, uh, because I could be saying that wrong. Dude, we really didn't need, yeah, <laughs> Tina Yothers. Okay, so you co- you confuse Sally Struthers with Tina Yothers. <laughs> so the moral of the story is I still question Carol. <laughs> Oh, that was good while it lasted. That was great. I know. You had a really solid two minutes. (laughs) I enjoyed Um, it. But I don't rescind my apology. I do apologize for doubting you earlier still. It's fine, you know. I'm still embarrassed about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is where the grandma kind of steps up. And it's like, fuck this shit. If they don't want to sign away their morals, then they shouldn't have to. I still can't believe they could do this to us. I mean, how could they be so selfish? Wait a minute, what are they doing to us? They're not the ones who are being selfish. We're here in a nice house surrounded by people we love. They're in a jail cell because of something they believe in. I think it takes a lot of guts to do what they're doing. Well, so do I. Right? Where's Alex Republicanisms on that shit? Yeah, exactly. Like, where, where's his constitutionalism or whatever? Yeah. You can't be giving up away your right to, to protest. His, his, he seems very pliable in his uh, morality, you know? Yeah. Like, it all just seems to suit his agenda. Yeah. Mm. Man, that, luckily, that never happens in real politics. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Grandma's sticking up for the parents, saying that they get, you know... This is something they believe in, and you gotta allow people to stand up for what they believe in. And I think, and it seems to hit a chord with uh, the family, but then, so she's like, I'm gonna go bring them some food, who's with me? But only Jennifer goes. So Jennifer seems to be on the right side of history for most of this episode, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so, and these are the mom's parents, right? Yes, I believe so. Okay. 
I just want to clarify that. Felt like it was important. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, Jennifer and Grandma show up with food at the prison, which, to be fair, I was like, I'm not sure that'd be allowed, as Ryan, you once stated when you went to prison, <laughs> that you weren't be able to bring food. I mean, food. it's definitely not allowed. But then they do explain it, saying they bribed the guards or whatever with food, which only makes half sense once you realize that the grandma's food is supposed to be terrible anyways. Yeah, it doesn't really all add up. I know, and it seems like it would just be better to not bring them food. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like if guards would eat food that you brought them, that people would poison them all the time. Yeah. Well, that's true, yeah. There's a lot of holes. Not that I would think of that or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The sitcom, I don't know if it passed the uh, smell test without jails work. <laughs> but they bring the food and then the parents are kind of happy, but they're like, where's the rest of the family? And they're like, well, they didn't want to come. And they're like, yeah, that sounds like Alex. And But then the rest of the family does show up. Yeah, pretty soon after, too. Like, I guess they probably would have seen him in the car, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty close. I mean, maybe they just hid in the back seat and they didn't know it or something. <laughs> that could be it. That's probably true. <laughs> and so they bring the food, and then, I don't know, is there another crack about how terrible the food is, though? Yeah, I have, my notes are basically just like, yet another bad cooking joke. <laughs> okay, there's like three jokes in this whole thing. There's like... Alex P. Keaton is like, yeah, stockpile nuclear nuclear weapons. And everyone's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And he loves Reagan. And then there's bad cooking jokes. And the other runner is, which is weird now that I see that this is so early in the series. Mm-hmm. But it's all like public display of affection jokes. Oh, like, yeah. He's always saying how the parents are always like dry humping all the time. Right. Which, good for them. I mean, that'd be weird if it was your parents. But like knowing they've been married for a while, I feel like that's nice to know. Yeah. But it seemed like a weird running gag for this early in the series. Right, yeah. She's like, the guys do it too publicly, and then when they hug in the jail, she's like, there they go again. Yep. So that just made me think they were full-on fucking in front of that character actor in the jail cell for when we in didn't fr- see them. In front of uh, Stand-In Kramer. Yeah! Yeah. I... <laughs> Wouldn't he, you? He do it, though. He would have just let it happen, right? Exactly. That's why... Was it Stan and Kramer in jail because he stole a box of raisins? What? Oh, yeah. He said he was pickpocketing. Did he say raisins? It was a reference to the Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. I did <laughs> think there was a... I think it was early in the episode when they talked about flower power. Right. And how Elise used to have flowers in her hair when in the 70s. But then she had to stop because Stephen had hay fever. Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. So anyway, it. that's the end. Yeah. The end. So I think she's <laughs> given, but then, as speaking of runner, she's given a flower in the prison, right? So she put it in her hair. Oh, she did? Yeah. And then everyone just apologizes to each other yeah. for like three minutes straight. Yeah, was, Alex was pretty much, I don't agree with you, but I respect your beliefs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works for some things and not others. And they were talking about how at first they were disappointed because Thanksgiving is supposed to be about peace and tranquility and they got arrested. But then the grandma earlier said that they were fighting for peace and tranquility when they yeah. got arrested. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it, basically I, if my parents ended up in jail on Thanksgiving, I think it'd be pretty memorable and sweet. You know, I'd be like, dude, my parents are in jail. Right? You think it'd be sweet? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Do you hate, be an, do you hate be your parents? Event, right? 
I guess it depends on why they're in jail. Like, if they went on a murder (laughs) spree or something, it might be a traumatic experience. Well, the other thing about this is we never get a sense of when they'll get out of jail, (laughs) and it doesn't get resolved. Yeah. I think the idea was, uh, like, in a few days, because the judge was going to take his time, because he was out hunting or something like that. Yeah. He's like, this is Thanksgiving. You'd be lucky to ever get out. I just, uh, it's a weird, uh, open-ended conclusion. Yeah. But they're hippies, they know how to handle jail, I think, is the other thing we were supposed to get from it. Face down, ass up. (laughs) Ryan. Yeah? How special was this episode? Uh, not very. (laughs) Uh, I feel like, uh, I don't know, our our lack of energy is indicative of, uh, it was probably the least special. I mean, it wasn't bad or anything. It was fine. I mean, I like Family Ties just fine. I just feel like there wasn't really a lot to, we're talking about our fucking facial hair for 20 minutes, you know? I don't know. It is. I apologize to all our listeners. This is the second Thanksgiving year in a row that our Thanksgiving episode has just been a giant dud where there's nothing to talk about except like... <laughs> the Uncle Phil episode was great. I don't really remember it, but are you saying that this episode is a bit of a turkey? Uh... Gobble 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 gobble. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Carolyn, anything special about this episode? You well, let's anything? see. Yeah, there was another moment I liked when they were debating about their parents who were locked in the Hooskow and they, the, the littlest girl, the blonde, Tina Yothers, or whatever, was like, well, well, why do we even have bombs then? And Alex was like, because we already own them. <laughs> yeah, because we already paid for them. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really true and right on. And mm-hmm. for a second, you know, I kind of got worried about how I don't think a sitcom right now would show their protagonists engaging in civil disobedience. That is true. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of scary how we need it more than ever, and yet it's it's pushed and shunned out of mainstream, as if on purpose by mega corporations. So. Well, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit, actually, because like, it's interesting how it kind of wavers, because it's like, okay, they're protesting, that's cool, and then we see this repercussion to it, and I was like, oh, is this going to be like a kind of an anti-protest thing, because we see them get fucked over by protesting, but then like we see them standing up for their principles, but then we also don't see them get released from jail, so I'm not really sure what kind of thoughts it's trying to put into our heads. Yeah, I don't know, it's... You're right. I feel like some of this is like the eighth episode of the entire series, right? So yeah, I don't, they don't right. really have their feet under them exactly. Like they just know the premise is hippies with like a super Republican son and a materialistic daughter, you know? And they're just trying to play off of that, I guess. And that what do hippies do? I guess they could get protest and they get arrested. And how would kids handle that? You know, I don't know. Yeah, so I found that element interesting. It certainly didn't, like, have, like, a standout fucking moment, but they did eat turkey, so I'm going to say it was generically special. Yeah, you know, I once, I when I picked this episode, I thought maybe there'd be a little bit more something special with, like, nuclear weapons or something. I don't know. And they really just... <laughs> Like, like for being called no nukes is good nukes, nuclear weapons are pretty, like, ancillary to this entire plot. They could have been... Yeah. 
They could have been protesting, I don't know, you know, water conservation or something. And it would have yeah. been the same thing. It, it, like, the, the moral of this episode was just more understanding that people have principles and will stand up for them. Yeah. Well, is this show also about, like, family sticking together despite ideological differences? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I mean, the theme song was an indication that it meant to be, yeah. Yeah. Because it's almost as though there ain't no nothing that we can't love each other through. <laughs> what would we do, baby, without love? Yeah, so I, I figure. David, how much prep did you do before this episode? <laughs> Listen, fuck you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, I, I, oh, I, not a whole lot of prep. I don't know what what was I supposed to prep though. Like there wasn't, there's no there there, right? <laughs> like a like a a rough outline of the the episode we should discuss. <laughs> we did discuss it, but then I'd be like, "What do you think of this?" And you're like, eh, "It happened," and I'm like, "All right." <laughs> I really felt like that more than anything we've watched. Like in my note taking, I just didn't really have much to say about it. It was just kind of fine. You yeah, know? it's a little frictionless. Well, and it's that tough area where it's not bad at all. Like, I didn't think this was bad, so we can't just shit all over it. Right. But it wasn't great either. So it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It kind of tried to make some points, and it didn't fail, but it didn't do a great job. It just was kind of like, yeah, I thought maybe we'd get some run out of, you know, how Alex is the kind of person who's ruining America right now. Right. But, right. But he wasn't at his worst. Well, he... I guess I should say he kept getting the piss take out of him in this episode. Like, yeah, yeah, and his era of republicanism. I mean, again, compare Reagan to Trump and you will see just how far they have fallen and drug us with Yeah, them. but it is a line, though. I mean, I, we don't need to get into my hatred of Reaganomics. but that's Don't we? <laughs> Trickle I mean, I down. We've, we've lost a couple of listeners with our liberalism. I know that. Yeah. Maybe we should read that letter that guy wrote us about how oh, he won't listen to our show anymore because we're... <laughs> bunch of liberals i thought i thought people knew that already i don't know yeah it's surprising well and i know we have some conservative listeners too that seem to be okay with us i mean i guess it's just what you have to deal with i don't know what to say (laughs) uh all right so whatever where can (laughs) people find you online ryan (laughs) Me? Yeah. Uh, I have a website. It's ohyesverynice.com. O-H-Y-E-S verynice.com. It's all my art and stuff. I use Twitter hardly ever, but oh yes, very nice is my Twitter handle. And it's my Instagram. Um, that's enough. That's all. Carolyn? You can find me at www.carolynmain.com. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N. Like this street. Carolyn Main on Twitter. Carolyn Main on Facebook. I have a fan page there, too. And yeah, I have a card game pitch, please. And you can listen to the pilot episode along with our episode on the River City Podcast Federation. Yeah. Did you get your pitch, please deck, David? Yeah, I just got I got it in the mail. I haven't actually even opened it yet. I think it just came today. I got mine. That shit looks amazing. Thank you. Wow. Yay. I was, I was really blown away. Yeah, Thank we have to you. Do, we have to play, right? Yeah, I want to do a spinoff with you guys for the other series. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not invited on the Pitch Fleet podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you are. You've got enough hours talking to us. After maybe. this episode, I don't. I wouldn't blame her. But uh. uh, no. 
no, no, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna. I just, I was just like, I'm not gonna be offended if we're not oh. invited on, because you've done 400 <laughs> podcasts with us, so. Yeah, <laughs> sure. No, it, I think it would be fun to have you all three play, but. I mean, we're, we're whores. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to get Austin back alive first. We can't do it while he's in the netherworld. <laughs> That's true. We can't do it while Austin's in the netherworld. Wouldn't be right. <laughs> well, <laughs> Can we get a Ouija board going or something? <laughs> Just look in the good. mirror and say Evil Austin three times. <laughs> but the thing about Evil Austin is he's like clean shaven. That's the weird thing. Yeah. Oh, then none of us would be settled at all. <laughs> no authority. Evil Austin has no authority. Uh, I'm David Bitsenoffer. You can find me at Dr. Bits on Twitter. That's Dr. Spelled out. And at the real gentleman of leisure dot com we are a very special episode podcast you can rate us on itunes stitcher google play and podbean but don't 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 take this as your sample size like this episode like <laughs> don't rate this episode yeah yeah rate our <laughs> special episode yeah yeah, yeah. Rate our best find some episode. other episode listen to that and then decide what your rating is going to be uh, but only decide if it's five stars yeah <laughs> If it's not five stars, then think about be like, oh, this is a one star show. But then still put five stars in it. But mentally, you'll know that you, you didn't like it. I mean, who's it hurting, really? Exactly. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at AVSE Pod. You can check out our Facebook page and talk about how awesome we are. And uh, you can email us and tell us how liberal we are on <laughs> AVSE Podcast at gmail dot com. But you must be as cute as Alex Keaton. Yeah. Yeah, we only accept the cute conservatives, right? Yep. All right. So, for a very special episode podcast, this Thanksgiving, when you think about what you're thankful for, I'm sure it won't be this episode. <laughs> oh, it's sad. Gobble, gobble, gobble. I don't know, sure. What, you got some more? You want to talk more about this episode? No, I'll stop recording. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode. You said last time that you were young and your heart was an open book, right? <laughs> well, you used to say live and let live. You know you did. Not... You know you did. You know you did. In this world. <laughs> when you were young and your heart was an open book You used to say This ever-changing world in which we live in Makes you give in and cry Say live and let die
She's so cute. Uh, is it a new puppy? It's the same puppy. Yeah. You. Is it a he or a she? It's a girl puppy. Well, she's very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> she's very quiet right now. Yeah. Wow. It's like a convoy of planes or something. It might be. Did somebody start a war while we were podcasting? Quite possibly. Hey, it's been one year since the election. I know. Remember that blowjob, David? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, you didn't. It wasn't that great. (laughs) That was a really bad night. Like, I'll never forget that shit. I got really drunk that night. Yeah. I was just very panicky. I'm still a little panicky, but a little less. No, okay, no. so also the guy. We had good election news this year. Right, right. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to look up what their job is now. And the mom worked at a vape store. <laughs> This is great. Well, at least we got a, <laughs> another airplane to distract. <laughs> Did you know that uh, Meredith Baxter and Michael Gross are exactly the same age? They're born on the same day. Whoa! At the same hospital? No, but on the same day. That's a lot. That's cool. The series, their characters were intended to be approximately five or six years older. <laughs> I hope you're gonna edit the shit out of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this might be like a half hour long episode where I yeah. have to cut out all the. <laughs> Let's see, one more ch- family tie. It just says that they're liberal apps hippies. It doesn't say what they're. Right, let's see. I bet he was like an architect or something. I feel like TV dads are always <laughs> architects. 
Harry Potter or not. Why can't I find it? It's one more uh, Stephen Keaton job. <laughs> Just don't touch my yams, homeboy.